Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, August the 3rd. And welcome to our commentary. I just got to give you a quick reaction uh, to all of these indictments against President Trump. I think it stinks. It absolutely stinks. And this is nothing but a political vendetta against President Trump. And this is not to say that Trump couldn't have done things differently. I mean, look, I thought it was a mistake for President Trump to speak that day on January 6th, but he had nothing to do with a riot that came after, nor did he encourage the riot. Now, he did feel that the elections of 2020 were not up and up. Okay, that's fine. He has the right to believe that. There's nothing illegal about saying that the the election was not legitimate. If that's illegal, a bunch of Democrats would be in jail for saying that the election of of George Bush in 2004 or 2000 was not legitimate or the election of Donald Trump in 2016 was not legitimate. So, you know, I think we're just playing with fire here. That's what we're doing. We're playing with politics. And uh, I, I just think this is terrible for the country. I'm thinking about the country here. I'm looking beyond Trump and Biden. I'm thinking about the country. And I think this is horrible for the country to engage in this kind of politicization or criminalization of our political differences. If you don't like Trump, I understand. Vote against him. You'll have an opportunity in 2024, if he is the nominee, you'll have an opportunity to reject him again. That's where it should happen. It should happen on election day, not uh, this weaponization of justice going out after people from the other party. It's absolutely sick. That's all I can I can tell you. I, I hope that uh, cooler heads prevail here and we can put this train back on the road. This should not be happening in the United States. This kind of criminalization of political differences should not be happening in the United States. I have a post over at the American Thinker today talking about South Africa. You know, a few months ago, maybe half a year ago, I don't quite remember, but it wasn't that long ago, I met this young couple and their children from South Africa. And, uh, you know, I have not met that many people from South Africa before, so I was curious as to when they came to the country and so on. And they told me that they had come to the country recently because they were escaping all the violence and all the crazy stuff going on in South Africa. And then he also said to me that many white South Africans are leaving and they're moving to Australia, to New Zealand, other parts of the world, because life uh, in South Africa is becoming quite violent and quite scary. And of course, we all know the story of South Africa. They had uh, apartheid. And apartheid was wrong. Apartheid was a system that discriminated against uh, the blacks who were born there. And that system had to be corrected. But what has happened here recently is that radical elements have taken over the country. They are wrecking the economy. They've destroyed the economy. And, you know, you got radical elements saying that, you know, we need to burn down white farms and we need to attack some of the white people. And this is creating a real problem in South Africa as far as uh, stability and and uh, a good quality of life. So, you know, once upon a time, everybody was concerned about South Africa, but I guess, you know, after Mandela became the president and they had a change, 
Nobody's talking about South Africa anymore, but the situation in South Africa right now is pretty bad, pretty bad. And I think civil rights uh, leaders around the world, including, you know, President Obama, who I think would be a good person to speak about this, uh, they, they need to, to, to tell people to tone it down. There's no need for this kind of racial rhetoric going on in South Africa at the moment. So check out my post over, over at the American Thinker uh, about South Africa today. Well, if you're following the news, you know that the streets of New York are a mess. Uh, the streets of New York are full of people. you got literally people sleeping on the streets. Uh, these are, of course, the migrants for whom they have no room. Uh, the city of New York doesn't have the money. They don't have the room to take all these people. So it's become it's become a real problem. It's become not only a, a political problem, but an economic problem, a public relations problem. You got people sleeping on the streets, uh, in front of hotels, in front of restaurants, uh, and people are just getting fed up with it. I mean, if you talk to anybody from New York, that's all they talk about is this crazy situation uh, with people sleeping on the streets and and everything else. And of course, the response from the Democrat Party or the mayor uh, of New York is to to blame this on President Biden or call on President Biden to issue an emergency, well, that might help things. But uh, what would really help is if the mayor of New York and some Democrat politicians, you know, started criticizing the the Biden border policy that opened the door for many of these people to come in and fill our cities. We were simply not in a position to take in five, six million people as we have over the last two or three years. We're just not ready for that. No country would be ready for something like that. And the consequence is what we're seeing in the streets of New York and probably in other places as well, where, you know, I was watching a video the other day that some citizens of Chicago are pretty angry or pretty angry with their local government because they're saying, hey, you're spending our resources to take care of these people. Of course, it's all about sanctuary cities and it's all about the hypocrisy of the Democrat Party when it comes to sanctuary cities. They decided that they were going to be sanctuary cities. Of course, they didn't realize when they when they said that, that someday they would be put to the test and that thousands of people would show up in their city, uh, you know, accepting their offer of sanctuary city. And it's just an absolute uh, joke. It's an absolute uh, disgrace when you watch some of these uh, some of these scenes on TV. Now I understand they're trying to get the federal government to give them some money. They want the federal government to give them money uh, to take care of the problem. They don't have a money problem. It's not really a money problem. Of course, there's always, you know, you can always use more money, but that's not the problem. If you give them more money, it, 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 uh, the problem is not going away because the problem is the Biden border policy that has opened up the country uh, to millions of people. Uh, who, frankly, should not have been allowed to come in. We had a great approach before under President Trump. It was called Stay in Mexico, and that was working. That was working very well. But once that approach was uh, ended by the Biden administration, then the border has basically been open for the last two, two and a half years, and this is what you're seeing. What you're seeing in the streets of New York is what you're seeing, uh, what you're seeing in the country. Well, I guess one quick thing I wanted to say... Uh, and that is that we continue our heat wave here in, in North Texas. The, it's been absolutely hot. I, I don't remember it 
Well, I shouldn't say that. We've had other bad summers before, but at least in the last couple of years, I don't remember it as bad as this one. But I think back in 2011, we had a really bad one. And also back in, in 1988, I remember uh, a really bad one. But this year, it's been really bad. And I think we've got another week of these temperatures over 100. And I'm telling you, at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, 4.30 in the afternoon, 5.30 in the afternoon, going outside, you feel like you're walking into an oven. You feel like you're literally walking into an oven when you... Uh, when you go outside at that uh, at that time of the day. So if you need to go for a walk or if you need to go for your running, don't do it between four and six in the afternoon. It's not healthy to do it at that time. You know, I've been doing my walking early in the morning. I try to do it around eight o'clock in the morning when it's obviously not as hot. And it's still pretty hot actually, but not as hot as it is at five o'clock uh, in the afternoon. Well, it was a hundred years ago today that Calvin Coolidge became president of the United States. He was the vice president of the United States under Warren Harding, President uh, Warren Harding, who had been elected in 1920. Harding was a Republican and so was uh, Coolidge. And, uh, you know, Harding had some uh, scandals, let's say associated, financial scandals associated with his administration. And he was on a trip to San Francisco when he passed away. And uh, Calvin Coolidge, who was in New Hampshire at this time, he was, I guess, vacationing in New Hampshire, gets the message that President Harding has passed away and he needs to be sworn in as the president of the United States. He was. He was sworn in like at 2 o'clock in the morning or something like that. And he was sworn in by his father, who was a judge at that time in New Hampshire. So Calvin Coolidge became uh, the President of the United States, on this day in 1923. He's a big favorite. Calvin Coolidge has always been a big favorite of conservatives because he had a very conservative uh, approach to uh, government. So he was eventually reelected in 1928 in a pretty big uh, reelection. But Calvin Coolidge, a big popular president uh, with conservatives, became president on this day in 1923. So exactly a hundred years ago. And by the way, he was also born on July 4th. So I don't know how many presidents have been born on July 4th. I think, uh, I believe uh, he was the only one, Calvin Coolidge, maybe another one I don't remember, but Calvin Coolidge may be the only one who was actually born on July 4th. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.